What are you doing? Giving you half my cookie. Why? Make you feel better. Jesus. Scared of everything, but I'm making it punk a small town. I only drink to get drunk, don't go out much. Cause there's too many bugs and I'm way too obsessed with death to do any drugs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Am I in a Macy Peters paradox right now? Whoa. I didn't even know this is. Look. Macy Peters, and we were just listening to Macy Peters in the intro music, because that's the best intro music. All right, well, this is the only podcast we're going to go for Macy Peters and the NFL talk. All right, here we go. As you probably can tell by now, when we talk about sports, it's officially the Josh Giddy Family Hour, and it comes on on Wednesday nights. Going Right now it's 1.04 a.m., Thursday morning, Wednesday night, and we're going to talk about some sports. We had a big free agency series go through and headlined, in my opinion, by um, what you call a great trade by the Oakland Raiders, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and Dave Ziegler. All right, we're going to go down my run, uh, my list. Um, first on my list, Kyler Murray, what's up? What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, what are you arguing about? You haven't won a playoff game. You look awful after four weeks in the season, and what is up with that note? Bad move. Two on my list. The Seattle Seahawks dealing Russell Wilson to the AFC West. The Knicks six are about the AFC West. All right. Now we have Russell Wilson going to the to the uh, AFC West. I, as a Raiders fan, don't mind the trade for the Broncos. Why? Because I don't think Russell Wilson has been good for like about two and a half years. Do I think he's been bad? No. Do I think he's been good? No. Um, I think he's been a middling quarterback for a while who's worried more about kind of his perception and legacy around the league while his play has kind of been declining. I feel like after the 20, say 2015 season, after he put together a good stretch of back-to-back-to-back-to-back seasons, after that, uh, you would say the 16 playoffs, you'd be like, this guy's in line to put together one of the better careers. And um, he hasn't really done much since. And I think it correlates a lot with the way his his legs have kind of been taken out of his game. I find he's... I, f- I find watching him and kind of um, reading... Because I kind of deep dive his last five, six years and, you know, the hit pieces come out. Not hit pieces, but, like, the tell-all pieces come out after. And it seems like they were stuck between Russell Wilson is... So he wants an offense, right? I'm Russell Wilson. I have to do too much on my legs. I need to I need to stop running to save my career and have more longevity. I need a real offense, right? They bring in that that one uh, that Schottenheimer kid, 
um, guy, man, older than me. And he is just, I guess, not a good offensive coordinator from all accounts. And then, but Russell Wilson's camp is like, we needed an offense. So they bring in an offense and a quality offensive coordinator in theory. And it's like, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. And they let Russ cook. And yet the results are not, are they good results? Yes, but statistically, but are we getting through in big playoff games? No, not really. And then you kind of get into the next iteration after the let Russ cook, which is let's pluck from the new age, you know, what do we, what, what do people love? People under Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, Shane Waldron coming to be my offensive coordinator. How many weeks to let Russ cook again? How many? He had a great beginning of the year and then the book was out on him. I don't know. I don't think he's been as effective since his legs have has had like he doesn't run as much. Like one of my favorite things to do because I like going and watching old Monday night football games with Tariko and Gruden. And I know Gruden is uh, not well liked, but and I don't think he was a great announcer. But I really do like Tariko, and you know they had a big, a lot of big Monday Night Football games with Russell Wilson, and, and you know in the twenty fifteen range, twenty fourteen range, and they're just such fun watches because he's so and he's moving and he's moving and he's moving and he's creating off, uh, just out of the pocket, and he's still a good quarterback. But to say he's instantly brings the Broncos in the loaded AFC to be a top-tier Super Bowl contender, I think that's fucking bullshit. Now, I'm someone who doesn't buy the Broncos' defense. I think they're light. I genuinely think they're too light. You can move the Broncos' defense. And I don't think... Like, you can you can run on Bradley Chubb, and you can run now on... on, on um, on Randy Gregory and their defensive tackles, they never really Shelby Harris, you know, who got sent in that in that um, Seattle trade was their best defensive lineman, but he's still he's still a small smaller smaller player in my opinion, and you can kind of move him around. Look at the week, the week seventeen, the Raiders like for the for example, the Raiders have always been able to move the Broncos around the last three years. Um, and reestablish the line of scrimmage. So I don't mind the moves the Broncos made as a Raiders fan because I think it, they're still kind of middling. Like, if they got Deshaun Watson, I'd be like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Two, three. Now we go to three. Cleo Mack. Why are you going to the Chargers, man? Like, I feel that was, I was very sad when he went to Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers. I was immediately happy because I think we got the better pass rusher in Chandler Jones, but I'm still sad because Bosa, if you look at Bosa and you look at that defense on paper, you're like, this should, this should work together, but Bradley, but uh, Brandon Staley is a fucking... All right, cool, Brandon Staley. I read your blogs back in the day when you were a Division Three coach, but and I fucking respect you, but as a head coach, I'm kind of, am I, am I happy you're the Chargers coach? Yeah. Like I'm, as a Raiders fan, I ha- I'm happy that guy, their destiny kind of lies in his hands. 
they took advantage of the rookie contract of Herbert and they went big game hunting and they got that big game. Um, four and five and six. We go the Raiders putting together a fucking professional offseason. A professional offseason. No more. Well, you know when I knew the Raiders? I talked myself into the Raiders a lot. I talked myself into Gruden Mayock. But the moment I realized they were we were in for a long one was one when they traded Mac away. Not because they traded Cleo Mac, but because they had team control over him and they just let him go before the season even started to the Bears. At the time, a playoff team with a superstar pass rusher who's ready to go and make that team better, right? No value. Not Gruden doesn't understand value. Pan forward about a year, Mike Mayock comes through the door. Has his first major offseason, and they sign a offensive tackle in the beginning of free agency. Very splashy move, i.e. the Chargers this year. But respect to their players because they got J.C. Jackson. I love J.C. Jackson. Not as much as Rocky Asin, but we'll get to that. Dave Ziegler, no, Mike Mayock, comes out and says, we offered Trent Brown $17 million a year to play offensive tackle because we projected the market was going to be $17 million. Now, that logic is fucking stupid. What do you mean you project the market? Let the market play out. Why are you trying to beat what... Why are you trying to give Christian Kirk $20 million a year? Well, when you could probably get him for 14 Because you want him now? I want him now. I'm playing Madden and I want people now. This is not, but Madden is not real life. Let value play out. And then what was the main thing with the Raiders the last four or five years with the Mayock and Gruden regime? Value. Everything was horrible value. Everything, all their picks were horrible value. All their, uh, their, I'm talking about their top tier picks. They hit on later picks. God bless them. Uh, even this year with Diablo, Morick, value. Let's look at someone like the Leatherwood pick, right? You draft Leatherwood in the teens. Leatherwood is on the board later, right? Say with the thirty, say with the twenty eighth pick. You can get Leatherwood, but you can get him at nine. You can you can have him at nineteen right now, and I think what Mayock always ran into was we can get and probably more Gruden is we can get May we can get Leatherwood right now. He can be a Raider right now, or we can wait thirty five minutes or however long trade, say the nineteenth pick for the twenty seventh pick. And say a third and a fifth, or like a third and a sixth, just more assets, right? And play around with assets, or maybe get some picks next year, get some assets next year, because you know you're going to get them at 27, but they're like, no, we'll just take them at 19. Cleve Farrell at four, he would have been there later in the first round, but it was all value. They didn't understand value. Now, walk in the fucking Patriots, and they 
the Patriots have infiltrated the uh, whatever Raider used to be. There, I'm not gonna say their old address because that's just another level of fandom. But the silver and black is now tainted in a good way with the Patriots and Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. We still haven't seen Josh McDaniels coach. Um, head coach of football team since Denver so we'll see the if the book is still the book is still out on him but the Ziegler cat is a motherfucker first day don't get anybody right people are like what's what's up and I'm like thank god they didn't get anybody and overpay and panic and this guy's not first GM big game hunting and all this stuff little do we know he was big game hunting Raiders are moving from a 4-3 uh, kind of Seattle-based system to the Patrick Graham 3-4. You have to get bigger. You have to get bigger. Defensive end gets more. Um, genuinely, just you got to get bigger defensive linemen, right? Yannick Ngakwe, immediate not not a fit for the Raiders 3-4. Reading was on the wall immediately when they got Patrick Graham. Great. Probably should be um, a defensive coordinator and then, no, a head coach in the next coming years for... for um, a franchise, hopefully. Now, what would Mayock and Gruden do? They would have paid Chandler Jones $24 million because the projected whatever, and they would have just cut Yannick and Gakwe. They would have panicked and panicked. Cut Yannick, panic. Cut Chandler Jones. No, give Chandler Jones too much money. Panic. No. They let the market play out on Chandler Jones. They're like, okay, we can kind of, we can afford him at less, a little less than twenty million dollars, right? We're paying Yannick eleven. We can give Chandler, we can upgrade it a little bit. You know, they cut Littleton, they cut Nassib, they cut Kwiatkowski. Just bad free agent signing after bad free agent signing. Nassib wasn't a bad free agent signing. Maybe a little overpaid, I think, for that tier of pass rusher at nine million, but the going rate is going right so they clear cap room they get Chandler Jones and they turn Yannick Ngakwe they use this asset that they have a premier pass rusher in the NFL who is still good and they turn him into a good cornerback Rocky Asin me my side team my side piece team is the Indianapolis Colts me and my boy Jeff we always talk Colts football because that's just the way we are he's a big Colts fan I'm a big Colts fan. Um, and we go get one of my favorite players in the league, Rocky Sin, who's a very solid cornerback. Maybe hasn't lived up completely to the hype, but I think under Graham is a great mold as a corner. And then you bring in that competition for Mullen. And you're like, all right, we got a good cornerback. And then we go and we sign Anthony a- uh, sign Anthony a- Averett, the other cornerback from Baltimore, who's a very solid player out of, out of Alabama and has had a good career. And then you're like, okay, wait, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. And he's slowly building it up. And he's slowly building up. And we get Brandon Bolden. And we get Jacob Jacobs, uh, Jacob Johnson. And um, let me run through all of our signings real quick. Raiders free agent signings. Because we're still on number four. Bum, 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 bum. Come on, ESPN. 
Oh, yeah, so we got Averett. We get Bilal Nichols, a big nose tackle. Um, we get Matt Collins, a good possession receiver. Amir Abdullah, you know, just a guy, in my opinion, who's not really, I don't think he's going to make the team. But um, Darius Phillips, another good, a good quality corner. No splash. There's not that much splashed, right? I think it's, it probably says this here. First line. Fucking me, ESPN reporter. Not exactly the splashiest of signings. Fuck yeah. Um, Micah Kaiser, Kylo, Kyler Flackroll. Didn't bite at the big time linebackers. Didn't pay Bobby Wagner too much money or whatever. They just got two solid role players within the AFC West. Flackroll, good linebacker. Um, and then Kaiser, another, you know, move type player. Um, Jacob Hollister, good pickup. Pecco, a good pickup. They get Demarcus Robinson. They don't, they don't draft the next speed guy, trying to use an asset on that when he can maybe use a second round pick on Premier Speed. Instead of doing that, you give a shorter term contract to Demarcus Robinson, who's a very good player in my opinion, a big, Martavius Bryant like receiver. Um, I think is. Doesn't have the high-end skills as Martavius Bryant, but a very good, um, hypothetically, you know, Martavius didn't really work out, but um, fucking exactly. The Raiders had, I forgot, the Raiders had Martavius Bryant, and they gave up a third-round pick for him for no reason other than we want him now, we want him now, we want him now. We get Demarcus Robinson, and we get Vernon Butler, big nose tackle, and we get uh, Kyle Pecco, Big nose tackle. And you get players to run your defense and you have a professional offseason. And then we go to number five. And we go to number five. And it kind of goes back to earlier, but you get Chandler Jones. And just look at the pockets. Now, look at the pockets. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. We won't get into pass rushing techniques or stuff, but you got two players who make some of the messiest pockets for quarterbacks in the NFL. You have a big defensive line. Bosa and Mack, great players, both finesse players. Both fucking dogs. Beast. But finesse players, and sometimes you can beat finesse. This finesse age as well. But Max Crosby, a finesse but power player. Look at me talking shit about Khalil Mack. Like I didn't just buy his rookie card two weeks ago. I bought a Khalil Mack uh, camo, Topps Chrome, BGS 9.5 rookie card. Like a week and a half ago. I fucking love Khalil Mack. But the pockets that uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones will create are devastating. Just dirty pockets. Just filthy pockets. Ugh. Um, wow. Number six. They go and they don't overspend. They don't give three first right. They don't be like, we want Devontae Adams. What does it cost to get Devontae Adams right now? The Packers will probably be like, Two first-round picks, basically four value picks, four very good picks, and the Raiders would, the Raiders of old would be like, "All right, cool, here, here's your asking price," and they'd just be like, "Really? Wow." Ziggler's like, "Nah, 
I think a one and two is all right. You're not going to pay. You're, he doesn't want to play for you guys, and you guys can't get any more for him. They test the market. They test the market. They can't really find a good trade asset. They offer Adams the same amount of money, and they Raiders get Devontae Adams in a crazy move for a first-round pick and a second-round pick, and you're like, that Dave Ziegler, he knows what the fuck he's doing. And they only give him three years. Based. NFL contracts is very weird. It's a three-year, $57.5 million deal hidden in a five-year, $140 million deal. And now with the way the salary cap gets... Um, manipulated with um, Devontae Adams is also number six. Um, the way that with signing bonuses and converting cap into signing bonuses to free up more cap and this and that and this and that and the way these owners are so rich and have so much cash now uh, and they're converting and the salary cap is going up you're just like holy shit The, that eighty million dollars, if if he works out, that extra eighty million dollars will just turn into a new contract extension. Where basically those fourth and fifth years, they'll give him a new con contract extension and give him more guaranteed money up front, and then it just becomes a new deal. It's very weird. It's very weird. Um. Yeah. Interesting, right? Interesting. How these NFL cap works. I don't want to explain it because I kind of, I don't think I, I understand how the NFL cap works now because I spent a day and a half reading up on it and like understanding game checks and cap how that affects cap room and the and the floor you need to hit to, with salary cap because if you could hit a floor with if you couldn't hit a floor with salary cap then you could technically have an unlimited players or unlimited. Unlimited money and unlimited players, but there's there's a certain rules and stuff. Um, but yeah, and then not you didn't really overpay for one of the best receivers in the NFL. Three for fifty seven point five is no state income tax. Come on, man, what are we talking about here? That's a fucking boss move by a boss. You heard that a boss move by David Ziegler, the new g general manager of the um, of said. Las Vegas Raiders. Number seven, staying within the a AFC West. Also, just a quick aside, not worried about the Warriors. They'll be fine. Number seven. I said the next six were going to be about the AFC West. This is the last one before we get to rip into the Browns. The Browns, it's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you to be prepared. It's coming. My top ten things out of this offseason season. You're number you're number eight, and it's coming. Number seven today, Tyreek Hill off to the Miami Dolphins. Now, when I read the report this morning on the Athletic that they were shopping Hill, I kind of went and I looked at the the Chiefs signings and who they're interested in this offseason. And for some reason, I did not know that they got Juju Smith-Schuster, and I made it. And I think that's really interesting, right? Because when you look at the when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs of the last two years, but mainly in this year, and the philosophy of defensive football, right? It shifted to two high safeties, right? 
Tyreek Hill, when it shifted to two high safeties, Tyreek Hill, who's a, an amazing player and a very effective player, did become less effective. Why? Because there was more attention over the top to take him away, and Patrick Mahomes got very big. Play, he was big play hunting with Tyreek Hill and wouldn't take the layups. How they kind of got everybody open on their offense was through Tyreek Hill. And the effect it was having on Mahomes of being like, hey, I've hit this guy a million times down the field. Why not try it again? It kind of killed them in big spots where he was always looking for these big shots and big shots and big shots. And that's what we saw in the regular season when they kind of got out of their funk. They were working the run game in the middle of the field. Now, when you take the move into context, can they replace Tyreek Hill? No. But when I'm looking at them now with the Juju Smith-Schuster signing and the Marquez Van Les, I can't, my brain doesn't work right now. The MVS signing, the the, the receiver from the um, Packers, you're talking about two kind of, MVS is still a big play guy, but you're talking about two bigger receivers a real possession and run-after-catch guy in Juju Smith-Schuster. And MVS, who's a very good blocker, and you're like, blocker, speed guy. Kind of a, in my opinion, I very I like MVS. I think he's a complete receiver. But you're now talking about the Chiefs changing the geometry of their offense. And I think that's really interesting. And something that Andy Reid is obviously exploring with this move. The money is obviously, um, you know, they're not the Chiefs. They're not the Chargers anymore. They're not the Dolphins where they can kind of look at their rookie contracts and be like, we can work. We can work off this. No, you have a big salary cap uh, hit with Patrick Mahomes. And you can't, sometimes you can't keep, you can't keep DeMarcus Robinson and uh, Tyreek Hill. You got to have to go and use your assets you developed into getting more cheaper assets and using a first-round pick on a wide receiver and such. I think they have probably like the 24th. They probably have two picks within 24 and 20 and 32 or 26 and 22. Um, yeah, because I think they, the yeah, the Dolphins traded one of their later picks. I think they had two first-round picks. Where would that pick be from? The Dolphins traded, I don't remember. My brain doesn't work right now from that. Um, but yeah, so the cha- seeing the Chiefs kind of change the fabric of their team. Because they ran into a lot of just looking for the huge play all the time. And I don't know if they're going to try to take away Mahomes' favorite toy. Because he would always look for him downfield. But that's interesting, man. From someone who likes to geek out about philosophy about football, it's really interesting. Of I don't know if it's gonna work because Tyreek Hill is fucking amazing, right? I'm so happy he's not on the team anymore. But to see how Andy Reid's gonna work his system, now that's fucking interesting. Number eight, Cleveland Browns. Yep, to bat. All the reports were immature. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield 
not a good leader. Baker Mayfield, not a good guy. You bring in Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns are going to, like, what? Like, I under, I'm not dumb, right? We're not dumb as NFL fans that the, a team was going to look past the 22 civil cases against Deshaun Watson for what, in my opinion, is a top five quarterback in the league, right? That's just my opinion. I think he's fucking amazing. But to, but the team to be the one that was grilling their quarterback in the media for not being professional, not being a good guy, not being a team player, to for all this shit, to be the one to give Deshaun Watson two hundred and thirty million dollars of guaranteed money out of desperation to, to. To, I guess, not to cover up that they took Baker Mayfield over who? Josh Allen? Josh Rosen? No, but to, they missed. They missed on the first pick of the draft. They had an opportunity to draft Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen, and they missed. They also had the opportunity to draft Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and they didn't draft those two, which was good, but you also... Um, you also missed on two other guys, right? Maybe I'm confusing drafts, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, and you kind of band-aid it with giving this guy so much money. And I knew there he was going to get signed somewhere, right? But the amount of money, the context in which they were grilling their quarterback for it just doesn't make sense why they'd be the team. But it does make sense because of the Cleveland Browns. and You know. That's it. The next moves. Uh, nine Number nine is the following quarterback moves, right? You got Matt Ryan to the, the Colts, which is just like, are we, the Indianapolis Colts, going to win the AFC? Can we come out of the AFC with Matt Ryan? I don't think so. I don't. I'm a Colts fan. I just don't think Matt Ryan's very. I think his arm is a little shot. Right. That's just my opinion. I just think he's is he a good player? He raises the floor of the Colts. But why, if you're not the Colts, put in your assets and maybe go try to t- take. I if I was a Colts fan in this time where you have these quarterbacks on their rookie deals in the. In the um, you just have a plethora of amazing quarterbacks in the in the AFC. Why wouldn't you go and try to take more risk and get your guy during this period? Is it because they've got a great roster? Maybe, maybe the guy's not out there, and it's just not worth putting all of your assets into Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter or whatever you want to do, and you can just kind of play the waiting game and go from Ryan go to Ryan I just don't want to spoil my number 10 with their old quarterback because my number 10 is great it's the best it's the best story in football going right now um Jameis Winston goes back to the Saints like it Mariota 
really like it to Atlanta because they're going to draft a quarterback. Um, who else do we got? I think that's really it, right? Deshaun, we talked about. Baker, where is he going to go? Jimmy G, where is he going to go? Seattle, there's only really one spot open for a quarterback. But going back, actually, going, I was thinking about it just now. If you're Indianapolis, if you're like, we've got a great defense, we've got a great offensive line, we have some skill position guys we can probably improve on, and we have a great running back. If we can, in our division, we just have to beat Tennessee, which we match up well with, but we just for some reason haven't, didn't, we couldn't beat him last year. If we beat him once, we're in the playoffs. If we can just sneak into the playoffs and we'll take our chances with Matt Ryan, someone who's taken a team to the Super Bowl before, obviously this was when Ryan was in his prime, um, then I guess that's a worth worth the the assets they gave up um you know a third round pick and such rather than investing multiple ones into a project currently especially if you don't like the quarterbacks and you evaluated them if you don't like them then you know it's not worth it but i'm not chris ballard i don't know and i also don't know if i like any of these quarterbacks I like Dyson Ritter, um, but kind of for the same reasons I like Baker Mayfield coming out. I'm a Baker guy. Um, number ten, ah, the best, re- the the fucking Commanders, the Washington Commanders, aka the Washington Football Team, aka the Washington, um, you know, we can't say it anymore, right? The Washington, mm-mm. the Washington, mm-mm. um, after a season of turmoil, after a off season of fucking emails and this and that and this and that and we have bad management and we have horrible personalities and we have horrible people and we have shitty this and shitty that in our building and instead of waiting and letting these quarterback positions drop to them and maybe going after a Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G for less they give up good picks and they go get Carson Wentz first my Carson Wentz evaluation Watch week 17. Watch the throw. Watch the walk-in touchdown he missed that it could have eliminated the Raiders and cemented his team into the playoffs. The walking touchdown he missed T.Y. Hilton streaking down the left sideline. And then watch that fucking game against the week 18 against the Jaguars. And then read one of the most stable buildings in the or in the league headed by Frank Reich the Colt in Indianapolis get just have an off season of just this guy almost like ruined our franchise and we didn't know what to do, but we just gave up a first round pick for this guy and we need him out of here and there's nothing we, we need it. We need to get him out of here 
because it just it won't work. And he is not a good leader. He's not that good of a guy. The teammates don't really like him. And most importantly, he's just not that good at football. Like if he's Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or, I don't know, Russell Wilson, you, you deal with it. But those last two games were indefensible. So that's it. Those were my 10 stories coming out of NFL offseason. Again, not really worried about the Warriors. Big win on the road today against Miami. It's just playoff basketball is so different, and they're still trying to find out who their guys are and what their identity is, I guess. But we know what their identity is, and they're just going to be better in the playoffs. It's just so... Like, we talk about it every single year. Going into the playoffs, it's always one way, and then we get into the playoffs, and we're like... No matter what team it is, it's like it's just different basketball. It's just different basketball, and health willing they go in healthy. You're taking a team with that talent, and those four guys, say five guys, when they're gonna be Steph, Clay, um, Draymond, Looney, and Iguodala. You're gonna take that equity. And you're going to ride with it in the playoffs. And now you have the development of Poole, Kaminga, who's looking better and better every day, Bielitsa, who's going to be a player, Porter, who looks better when he's playing with Draymond and Steph because it's just he's a wide-open three-point shooter when he plays with them, Clay Thompson, who's looking better and better every single day. The expectations on him are just a little bit too high, you know? Like... For what the injuries he went through and the way he looks right now, it's just like best case scenario. But people are like, why is he not making every single three? Why is he not shooting at a 47% clip? It's just like, Jesus Christ. He hasn't played basketball for like two years. Let him breathe. But I'm not worried about that. It sucks Wiseman didn't get come back, but fuck. What can he do? What can he do? And that has been the Josh Giddy Family Hour.